You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, uh, Sid Talk, this is probably a really boring topic, but I was just looking. Probably. And this is really interesting. If you look at the historical weather data... Um, for well Bing weather actually I was just looking at in Windows 8 they have an app for the weather and it shows you like the last 10 years of weather but then it goes granular into all these really interesting statistics like how many snow days there were or how many days it rained in a certain month but then it and the lowest temperature it's ever been and the highest temperature it's ever been and I just learned that it was minus 20 in 1989 in Jefferson City Missouri and what was the highest? Oh, the highest was 111. And that was two years ago. So. Yeah. And, and what I was getting at was you can look at all this statistical data that's been kept and you can't predict nothing from it. Because if you look at it, it's all over the place. It's not like, oh, yeah, th- for three years it's warm and then one year it's it's not. It's crazy. The weather is just its own beast. <laughs> and when people claim, oh, yeah, we can predict what it's going to be like every day I don't think you can it's only thing you can predict is like a weather system that you can physically see coming Um, I don't think they can say next month it's going to snow on the 13th well not that specifically then again then again there are almanacs that people swear by farmer's almanac and I think that some people not that it's always 100% accurate, like at 2 o'clock next Thursday it's going to start raining on this street or anything like that. But when you put all that data together, or someone with like computer models and stuff, there's got to be some trends that do something. I've looked at it. You know, like overall temperature of an area surely goes in big waves. It's not just every single day is completely random. Like this summer has been... Like what I was just saying to you, this summer... Is this the before the after the show discussion? Yes, because it is before the show. So, this summer, we have got really lush green grass. Last summer, there was no grass, because it was so hot. We just had a brown grass. It was the drought of 2012. Right. We even lost our lovely magnolia tree to the drought. We did, and we even... We had another tree chopped down last year, didn't we? Was it last year? Mm Mm-hmm. This year... Um, it seems it's to thrive to fall, yeah. over there. Where the, the grapevine, we have a grapevine in our backyard that's just like. Crazy. And the reason is, it's been really hot, very sunny, but then loads of rain all of a sudden. Spurts like, of rain. Yeah, like yeah. that's like tropical weather. <laughs> Not quite. But you know, I've lived in Florida, and I've lived in California briefly on both sides, a couple years, and the the cycle, like when you're there that long, and nothing changes. It's very, when you've lived in a place like this, where your lowest, in my lifetime, the lowest has been minus 20, and the highest has been 111, and then you go someplace where it's just the same, I mean, you... you I don't think I like that same thing. It's, at first, you're just like, you're in a whole different world. Like, you're just, oh my god, it never, you know, it's, you go outside every single day, you can sleep outside, you can open your windows every day. It's just right, at least where I was. But then it stays the same, and the same... And the same. And then all those cues start happening. School starts. 
And you're like, oh, it's fall. Oh, no, it's just the same. And then it's like... Oh, it's Christmas. Yeah, well, no, you got to go through Halloween. Nothing's different. It isn't cold or chilly in the night. There's no leaves blowing on the ground. Then it's like, well, Thanksgiving's coming up. And again, there's no leaves on the ground. There's no... You know, oh, it was always weird to me when I was a kid and I used to watch American TV shows like Miami Vice or something, and there was a Christmas episode and it was Christmas trees were up in their apartments and stuff, yet it was like gleaming sunshine because in England in December it's the grimmest of grim, you know, it's like dark, freezing cold, like everybody's cold. There is no departure from that, it's just that, you know. So when I used to see, like, oh wow, look. Oh, Christmas they've got in a Australia. palm tree with Christmas tree, yeah. Christmas lights on it, or they've built a, a sand man and I, on the beach and put. Like, and I a would always be like, that just wouldn't feel like Christmas. It's not. Come on, you probably thought to yourself, "Oh my god, that'd be awesome!" Instead of this miserable fucking snow and slush and come on. And and the weather. You're only looking back at it, but you the weather in England. Obviously, I lived in England all my childhood. The weather in England was never the same. But then you can say, oh yeah, it's exactly the same every day. It rains almost every day. Like it, you've seen Big Brother. We mm-hmm. watch Big Brother England. There's always a, there's always a shower at some oh, point. Oh, I don't notice that, I guess. I don't see that every single day. Not every single day, because they don't show you every hour yeah. of every day. But I bet you there's a rain shower at some point during the day. It's very... Manchester, where I lived, is known as the rainy city for a reason. It's grim. People say it's grim, it's very dark, it's very rainy, and uh, if the sun does come out, it comes out for like two weeks during the summer, and then it goes back in again, and then it rains. And that is pretty much what it is. And people say, oh, the north of England is miserable because everybody's like sick of the weather, and people want to go on holiday all the time because they want to get out of the rain. So yeah, it's similar all the time, but because it's an island and there's weather... What do you call it? Weather... I don't know. It's blowing over you. Yeah, those... Um, <laughs> Basically, that's all that's happening. What are they call Circuits? No, they, they call something, aren't they? Um, Front. Yeah, they're just blowing over all the time, so you're getting sun, rain, sun, rain. But here in Missouri, it's pretty still if it gets to a... We're in the middle of a very large landmass. And do you think anyone is tired of listening to us talk about Okay, that? so it's Saturday, <laughs> August... Just, I'm not tired of it. I can talk about it with you all day. It's Saturday, August the 10th, 2013, and this is after the show number 287. The movie we're looking at this week is The Place Beyond the Pines. It's a 2012 movie, actually, released on Blu-ray on 2013. It's released on the 6th of August. It was yesterday. Yep. So you'll be able to um, buy it now. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Universal, and... We're looking at the Blu-ray, DVD, ultraviolet combo pack. Sid Talk's going to give you the synopsis. First of all, it's not Saturday. And second of all, the synopsis... And I don't know why you insist on saying that it is, but whatever. Uh, it's just so, when they're categorised on the site, they've all got a week between them. It doesn't fine. matter when we record them. If I say something that's contradictory to the listing, then it's weird, so I just do it like that. No, the truth is not weird, really. It's weird that you don't I mean, it won't be published (laughs) until two days after that date that I just said. Oh, so that makes perfect sense. (laughs) That you publish it two days after the fake day that you just gave. Perfect sense. 
Uh, the synopsis. I mean, it's better to because of the categorization of the date in the file name and in the. Yeah, but the file name's not sitting here with us talking. So that's all I'm saying. No, but I mean, the synopsis. Fair enough. People don't care about the date of the podcast. Correct. But it's I do the, this, and I'm expect. You know, I think we're going to do it on a Saturday, and uh, this week we're not for some reason. So that's why it's still so sad. Right. That's why that says Saturday. It's not why you say it. But that's just the difference between you and I. I don't think it's, it matters. It's easier for me when I'm categorizing them on the site and sending them out. Yeah, well, as a file name, yeah. But not saying it, that doesn't make sense to me. But that's, again, we'd think differently, of course. I don't know. I think you should give a synopsis to this movie. Place me on the file. No, hold on. I'm just going to give my reason. Not because I don't have one. But because I think it's the kind of movie that's, like, straight and directly up your alley. If you have an alley of movies that make you, you know, otherwise other than Star Wars or Fast and the Furious, which are the two ends of the quality spectrum, I say, for you, but you still love them, that this one's right... The kind I don't of movie. love Fast and the Furious. No, no, you no. love it. As I like in, it as an entertainment Exactly, event. but I'm saying you, away, like. you are entertained by that, but you love it, you look forward to it, you make an effort to see it, and you love Star Wars, and then this is the kind of movie that elevates it all for you, and I just feel like it'll be your kind of Alright, so spoiler warning, if you've not seen this movie yet, go and see it, and then come back and listen to what we have to say, because even the synopsis could spoil stuff. So <laughs> That was quick. Yeah, well, it can, can't it, with this movie. Now, ma'am, not my, not my synopsis. So I would say the synopsis of this movie is um, a young man who's a, would you call that a circus performer? Travelling fairground he's performer. He's Yeah, well, travelling, it goes around with a travelling fair, right? Would you right call but it? he's a stuntman. He doesn't really do, like, circus things. Um, visits a town that he's been to before, and... There is part of his past is buried there, and the the um, crux of the movie is my thing is about people and what they leave in the world and how they can change things, but they don't. Yeah. That that's going into. I'm not spoilers. sure I'm 100 percent behind your synopsis, but I'm the one that volunteered you. So, <laughs> but it also, you know, that, that I wanted to be sure on the synopsis going into the plot. It, when we actually go into the plot now, um, there's a lot more to it than that. But the synopsis, that's how it arrives in the story. But this sto- this uh, movie is a like big opus kind of. It spans a lot of years. And I was surprised at that. That's the part I didn't want to say, you know, go and watch it first, because I didn't expect... It's, it starts as one thing, it, then it goes to something else, and then it goes to something else. So it is like, it's like a multiple movies for me. It was, even though it's all tied together. Um, very different s- style-type plots, you know? Um, but I have to say, this is a fantastic movie, Um I, I was thinking, oh, this this movie should be nominated for Oscars, but I did see it. It was a released in 2012 movie, so it should have got an Oscar last year, right? It can't get one this year. Right. So it won't be nominated for Oscars, I, I guess. I, I assume the rules are you have to be this year. What would you nominate it for exactly? Uh, acting. For whom? Both lead men. Right. 
Um, and uh, when we get down to acting later, Bradley Cooper surprised the shit out of me because I don't really hold him in that high regard, you know? I mean, I did. I mean, I don't. No, I don't. He's the hangover guy to me, you know, and he's <laughs> and he's the guy from Limitless. And that's it, like, you know? So I, did, I, I didn't even know he was the hangover guy. Right, I mean, he's, yeah, he's the hangover guy. You've not seen the hangover? No, I don't plan or, or to. Or hangover two, or hangover three. I don't plan to. Or American Pie. There are some boats, as we say, that I don't uh, jump on, or bandwagons. I, uh, as we know, I don't run, so if a bandwagon is passing me by, I won't be jogging to jump on. I just wave and go, bye-bye, bandwagon. You all just, you're welcome to it. I'm going to find something else over here on my own. Just forage around for something good. So, yeah, this is a fantastic movie. I love drama, and this is, like, drama. Drama, drama. Um, I like the It's st- not a room with a view kind of drama. Or Shakespearean drama. And yet, it is. Like, you get moments of sheer human condition, like, stabbing through. And what I really like about this movie is the director's style... I like I, I, from the moment it opened, where it was following um, Ryan Gosling, like from behind. It reminded me of the wrestler, you know, like like um, that that point of view shot where you're on somebody's shoulder. And what they were using were like the um, audio was the star of that part. You could hear like every person. You could you could. Um, Things you can't see were there in the audio, like oh, there's there's a ride there where people are screaming. You know, it was really interesting, focused. Um, his filmmaking style is really interesting. He has a lot of like where the camera's up in the air on top of something, following something. Do you did you notice that? No, I mean a couple of scenes, neon neon shots, like strange lighting on the faces not spring breakers neon shots but you know like interesting lighting um but the the what is special about the movie is the actual drama and the way these stories are connected actually is surprising i was surprised at least three times in the movie about something you know big plot points where i was like holy shit that links three that. times yeah, and um, I didn't see that kind of. I didn't see it coming. I knew. I, I actually, when it got to that the first big point, and then moved into the second part of the movie, I thought the only connection was the obvious, mm-hmm. right? So I thought, well, this is just a straight up movie. You know, we're going from one character to another, but it's a lot more involved than that, and I really like that about it. Uh, what did you think? I loved it. I was completely mesmerized, and there was foreboding a lot. There was a sense of connecting to, and we all know people. I'm not, I don't know how to say it without sounding, I'm not being judgmental, because I'm not, because I don't care what people do in their life, as long as they're not trying to hurt somebody else, generally speaking. But there are people who are troubled and make a lot of shitty decisions. And they end up in situations and lifestyles where... And we all, we might have family members like this. We might just know or have a friend or have an ex-husband or an ex-girlfriend or wife or whatever. And it's like you're watching their life go off the proverbial rail. And you can't stop them. And it is a thing. Like you... There's always there's a human in each of us, right? They're like in this Ryan Gosling character. There's a There's a... 
like a decent human being. Oh, and that's a, a, a pain. That is definitely a that. Hurt. A wanting, a desire, desirous person in all of us. We want love. We want affection. We want attention. We want approval. And yet, there are decisions in life that muscle you into what we only see where he's ended up, basically, as a stunt performer in a circus, tons of tattoos, definitely behind the mask of the handsome, awesome Luke is trouble. You know, like, we don't know the last 30-some years of his life, but you get the feeling it's been a rough road. I really liked And him. I think they just, he played him, it was shown in a way that made you go, I know that guy. Like, I don't know that guy, but I know that person. And you want to see, like, okay, now what's going to happen? What decisions are they making? And you kind of feel a little bit of healing if they make the right decision. Not necessarily that he does, but that he's trying. And when I he, felt like it really tapped into that. When he, um... Ryan Gosling does a lot of stuff here where he... I got the character without him saying anything. And one of them was where... Obviously, you know what he's like. And he wants to be good. He, I mean, he wants to help this girl. And there's the moment where he's putting the crib up and he does something wrong. Mm-hmm. And the Precisely. look on his face is the... I'm disappointed with myself. Why did I do that? Things could have been right here. Like, it, like all of it in one go. Like, it was... Like, this This is not what I really wanted it to be. It's. It was a... Without him saying anything. I, and that look on his face when he's just... Yep. Stood, and then he walks away with the baby in his arms. It, it's, it was a... Oh my god, like, this guy can... You know, this acting is good here. He gives like. you everything. And in the character... A character who does something that's like, oh, shit, that was bad. And then they completely take ownership of it. Like, he never shies away from what he's doing. He might try to escape certain things he's going to try to do. But, I mean, in that instance, okay. And then when he finds out about this, then he's like, okay, I'll do it. And he takes complete ownership. He doesn't run away. He doesn't try to escape. And then um, when he evolves into the other thing, it's like just getting away is the key. You could parallel that to his character in Drive as well. He does something really hideous in an elevator. Mm -hmm. But he never... That's just him. Like, he's just... He's with the he's with mm-hmm. a girl, and he's that's just he doesn't apologize for it. He he's is what he is. The violence is and yet in him, like. it's over the top of that core of a person that we all know is inside every person we know who's not. I don't know. There's no right way to live your life. Like absolutely no right way. But you just see them spiraling off, you know, in directions and you're like, and he's that person and he's older than, you know, he's not a teenager. He's not in his twenties. He doesn't appear to be. And there's an element of aging that's going on too, that you kind of like, he needs to settle and yet he's, and you never find out why he is the way he is. That's what I like about it. You never, ever find out no. anything. And also why this would be a movie right on my street is it's a heist movie also. Which I had, <laughs> sort of. Which I had no idea. Not well, a heist, but a bank yeah. robber movie. I had no... In fact, that came but out... But it isn't. Well, it kind of is. It's, it's the catalyst for a lot of the stuff that happens. I just think that's just a tool, but... That's what I'm saying. A catalyst for what happens. It is a tool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's not what a, happens to it? But him. it's not even a main thing to me. It's just it's the, like a the decision. First third of the movie. And then that's what it is. You know, it could have been anything, but that's just the decision that he made. And it makes complete sense because he's a 
is, it didn't is exactly still is doing me. the motorcycle. It didn't exactly to me. So it was one of my flaw- two things in the movie that kind of bothered me. Was that a little bit like the leap of this skill you have leads you to that? I don't know. I think desperation would have been a better explanation in their discussions, but whatever. I can accept it. And then the other one was, as we get through, is the son of the other guy. The way that he is. Like, all like, yo, and shit. And yeah, I get that. And put it. I don't. He was raised by the mother, who's like the wife of a cop. And this but he guy, hung out with the wrong people in, the, in yeah, Jersey. Yeah, but you don't just turn into that. No, it wasn't Jersey. He said Detroit, didn't he? He said he came from Detroit. Even then. then. Oh, mate. Yeah. So yeah. even then, he's completely that. Even though he's raised by two very... Not that pol- politic, a lawyer, and I'm not saying that's not possible. But I mean, he's possible. rebelling against it. I, uh, that's what I, how I got it. Yeah, but it was too ingrained. It wasn't a surface thing. It was like they he just went too much into it. And I was like, it's too removed. It's too much, too much, too much. But those are my only two, well, maybe three little things. I don't really have any pick-it-apart bits, but... I'm not picking it apart. Well, you know, um, criticisms of this plot. Um... I don't have any problem with the plot at all. I think it's really, it's really like that, like a, it flows just right. I like the whole of it. Now, I think the, you know, I think my favorite, obviously the beginning part's my favorite part, but that middle part is really awesome. Uh, I love yeah. Ray Liotta's um, yeah. involvement in it. I love. I actually whole, felt sick to my stomach. Yeah, I love that whole, like you, like people being forced into something. You know, and it, and it occurs in all three sections of the movie. Like yep. how you just... People will manipulate the shit out of you if you let them. Oh, I had that moment. Yeah, that in that moment when the one boy goes back to the bike guy. And I'm thinking, oh, the influence of that guy originally on Gosling. And that in life, yeah, if you're weak or you're looking for something or you have something you feel like something's broken in you and you're angry and whatever and then someone comes along there are there are predators and that's what i saw in all three segments too there are predators in this movie i mean in the, in life and in this movie they're portrayed exactly exactly there's like a desperate guy who just just like hey man we can fucking make some money you know but that's a predator cuz he sees something in the guy that actually, is like it's like a little crack in and the actually UI. part of his performance you know the the guy who mm-hmm. um I saw that predator moment because when he's like, "Do you want me to give you a lift back?" He, well, he picks up Ryan Gosling, and Ryan Gosling's got nowhere to live. He's living in a motel, and and there's a moment where he says, "You could live in here," and he's opening the RV door, and he's looking at him as though, "Go on, go in, be be part of my thing." Once um, you're in, yeah, I've got you. Yeah, I've got somebody. like a spider, like a spider getting you into the web. And yet he's not. He doesn't seem evil. He doesn't seem horrible. No, he's but just... I can see that moment of like, I need somebody, so you're it. Not just needs. Yeah, exactly. Because he's just a with, lonely guy. The same well. with the cops. You know, the same with the Bradley guy in the later portion where he's the predator kind of become not necessarily but the same type of thing like I've got my eye on something and I will actually do anything to get it and and anyone in my wake just has that's just too bad and it's like people make you a certain thing like his when he what he turns out to be the Bradley Cooper character the incidents that he the what happened to him made him what he is like see I disagree with that I think he has it in him to be 
jerk. I mean, he it's turned like it he on, didn't he, immediately? Like. But it was in him, and all of a sudden, he was like... I mean, he I was just, led to that path. No, I disagree. By Ray Liotta. I disagree. I think he had it in him, and this was like, this is my chance. Yeah, but there was, it, was the sa- it was pretty much the same as Gosling's character. There was good inside him. Like, he wanted to take that money back to the, the woman, and look, look, I'm not a bad guy. But then something else was... Leota was on his tail, right? Mm. But the, I feel he was struggling with the same thing. He was struggling with the... This is bad, what I'm seeing happen here. And then when he tries to expose it, it's so bad you can't... But I think what that moment does is brings out who he is. It doesn't lead him to it. I almost thought it was like, there's no other choice. Just, oh, no. This is just how it is. I disagree. I think that him being the person who tries to be the whistleblower... And then using that to his advantage is exactly who he was. I mean, he's gone to law school. He's got a judge for a father. He's probably got it in him to be extremely ambitious. And maybe that was part of a plan that we don't know. But this was like, oh. Try and you use saw, it. Yeah, you saw. It wasn't like poor him. He turned into this guy all of a sudden. I just think that cracked him open to be what he really is. So the same with Gosling. I personally just thought they were all forced into a situation by the series of events. But that's opposite of taking accountability for who you are. And I think they all are who they really are. I think each one of them. The young boys, it's harder to say because they're young and yet they're showing who they really are and, you know, circumstances are carrying them on. But, but I don't know. But it's a fine story. It's a, I love stories that fit together like that. Like, it, it fits together perfectly. I think some people might, at the third junction, be like, oh, come on. Because it seems... But, then again, then it, it's life. It's coincidence or whatever you want to call it. Fate. You know, if you want to put that light on it. But it that could bother some people, I think. Um, so, moving on to the cast here. Ryan Gosling, who is fast becoming my favorite actor. Um, really? Yeah, I... I think the guy's super talented. And I know he plays similar roles and people complain and say, oh, you know, he's always that... Yeah, because Lars was very quiet, the driver was very quiet, and this guy's very quiet. And he does it, but he... But they're different in their own ways. Like Definitely. um, Even the drive guy to this guy is different. I mean, I can see a different person, like... But I just... uh, Well, and Gangster Squad was a different dude. I mean, he's just a charming dude, but... um, there's something masterful about him the way he portrays it he's like really calm yet like I said earlier he can show so much through no words just as like you know your face tells everything doesn't it yeah you know it's I mean there's actors like this throughout the generations right you know you could say James Dean is that type of actor like a I don't know about that he didn't have a lot of chance to show us what he is he didn't but those movies there he was very Charismatic, and in like some of them, Rebel Without a Cause, he was that type of character who didn't really say much. It was just really about his presence, like the. I never seen it. The I've feeling of him, like you know, a giant as well. Really, it, it's. You know, he does that perfectly, Ryan Gosling. It's like a. I'd like to see him do something totally different, which I've not yet. You know, like something. Like Hangover a, Four. No. <laughs> yeah, come on. But you know what I mean. Not what is different than drama? Space No, I don't mean different. I mean a different character. Like, not the quiet, pensive character. The outrageously loud... The opposite end of it, to see how that comes about. Because, like you say, 
all of his characters are the quiet, all the... We'd say Gangster Squad. He was charming. very extroverted. Yeah, but pretty quiet, toothpick in his mouth, yeah. kind of, like, cool, very cool, like, you know... True. Gets the ladies type of man. Which... But yeah, I, I like... I, I will watch anything with him in now. He's my favourite kind of man actor. Um, and Bradley Cooper, who, like I said, I didn't have much stake in at all because, you know, The Hangover's not really my thing. We've seen him in something else, though. We've seen him in, um, you know, I just said it before. Uh, oh, okay. Limitless with Robert De Niro. And that was it? Well, he's been in other stuff, too. He's been in Silver Linings Playbook. He, did he get an Oscar for that? We've not seen that yet, though. I don't know. I don't remember what... I don't know. I knew nothing about that movie. And then it was on the Oscars, and I was like, I don't even know if this movie exists yeah, at all. Yeah, I mean, he was in that, is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I, we what we know him for is Limitless and The Hangover. Minus you, not The A-Team. The A-Team, we didn't see it. And it wouldn't matter anyway, because... All about Steve? Did we see that? No. But what I'm saying is... He's oh my got- god, I sound like an old married lady. Did we see that? Like, I don't have a brain of my own. That's disgusting. He doesn't have, like, a big presence for me like he just seemed New York I love you I wasn't a fan of that so I probably didn't pay attention um but now he's filling your he's not your favorite no I think he's fantastic in this movie I think he's as good as Ryan Gosling is and I was when I saw him when he appeared on the screen I was like oh Bradley Cooper and then I was like oh Bradley Cooper's really like stepped it up here it's like Mm, he grew up maybe grew up from being like the goof man to the... It's, I don't know if it's the part or just him really putting himself into it, but it's it's different. Um, then Eva Mendes plays uh, Romina. Um, awesome. Yeah. Absolutely awesome. T- completely... It's I like a waltz and all performance. I, I was think. glued to her. Like, like she really doesn't hide anything. She just opens up. Exactly. Like, her face tells you everything again and she... She times every little movement exactly, like when she has to move away from him or shake her head or drop her eye. I mean, I don't know. It's like precision, but truth, I think. I like the scene best where they were taking photographs outside the ice cream (laughs) um, parlor. Because they really felt like a real family to me. It was like, they're messed up, but they're... So then you could argue, if they're just letting them be natural... There's not much acting going on. No, but it was the right decision there because it really, it meant a lot to me that scene. Like I, I, as it was going on, I kept referring back to it. In my mind, oh wow, yeah, there was a moment of them actually being real together, like with before, you know. Ah, uh, but it wasn't because she was crying after all. She was not totally into it, but no, but there, there could have been hope for them. See, that's what I like about that situation. That as much as you do see these people in your life going, you know, on a path in life that you think, oh, it's not going to turn out good. Like, you're not going to turn out happy and well-balanced. And I know this. I can't save you. And then every opportunity, a lot of opportunities that these people come across. Yeah, man, this time I'm gonna, I got this job. I got this thing. We're getting this house. And you're like, awesome. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I love you, but you're probably going to screw it up. And that's exactly what I get from that particular scene. Exactly. Because yeah. she's not like happy days where we're going to be a family. She knows what be. he is. Not just that. She knows the whole of it. Like, this is not... It's like she's torn, you know? So, I love that. I love the way it played out. 
I know Rose Byrne plays Jennifer, who's the wife of Bradley Cooper. What else was she in? Because I she was in we, that one we watched um, with the spooky house. Oh yeah, see, I like her. Yeah. But I don't remember if I liked her in that or not. Mm-hmm. She was all right. But this, she was there. Oh my god, the scene at the dinner table was awesome. And yeah. that Ray Liotta's character even says to her, and then she's just like, she's yeah, he's so... putting it, he's putting it down like, oh, and then he's a straight to her face. Fucker. Oh my god! <laughs> if anybody, I mean, oh my god, that's the stuff in these kind of movies that I just get so excited about because it's like there are assholes in this world. Because she's basically making it clear she doesn't want her husband to go out with these dudes, but she's trying to be friendly about it, and he's calling her on it. Do I hear sarcasm in your voice? And blah, blah, blah. And then outside, he's giving the dude shit. You know, did your wife ever put her balls away? And then he's like, open the door. Oh, is it okay with your wife? And he's not joking anymore. I like like Bradley Cooper's reaction to it, too. This kind of non, because he can't... With the boys... I think he's starting to see his... But with the boys, yeah. he, he's not going to step up and say, hey, stop being a fucking dick. He, see, I thought when he was saying the name, I thought he was going to say it. But I really liked how he was... Because it's very realistic, like how people act with different people. Absolutely. To go like... Oh, yeah. You have to fit. You have to. You can't really rock this boat because this boat's a serious boat. Like, I can't. But it's pretty... pretty Why are there such pieces of shit in the world? And I don't mean poo, and we know this is poo week, if anyone follows me on Facebook. But um, that portraying of those guys in that portion of the movie highlights another kind of... Like, Ryan Gosling is, is, is a certain type of person who you want to hate, because you know that he's a loose... Like, he's got problems. Yeah, you can't and really yet, like... there's something behind all of that that makes you go, he's he's just a dude and if he had the right this and the right that, then maybe, possibly. But then those dudes have gone beyond... You, There's nothing redeeming about them. And there are people like that, too. That where you, you're you like... I'm, I mean people like that. Or I'm around, you know, someone and everything they're saying and everything they're doing, my, in my mind, I'm like, are you for real? Like, are you really this close-minded? Are you really this racist or sexist or misogynistic? Are you really this lump of shit that has no view of the world other than this thing? I don't know what it is. And these guys, whoever wrote this, and Ray Liotta's the perfect one to do it, I think. It's so sleazy and horrible, and you're like, that's a real guy. Yeah, and my final person I put down was Ray Liotta, who... (laughs) I love Ray Liotta. I mean, I've loved him since Goodfellas. Um, you don't always love him because Hannibal wasn't great. No, Hannibal was weird though, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I he can play a, an asshole. He can really and it's nail quiet. It. He's not. He doesn't say a whole lot. He doesn't need to. But and I'm intimidated by him just <laughs> by the roundabout way he speaks without actually saying like that dinner scene. Yes. He's basically like laying into her. Yeah, he's in insulting nice the guy's wife way. in front of her in front mother of, and her child and, and the husband. But he commands a certain amount of, like, we don't want to cross him because he's a piece of shit. And yeah. he might say, or do he might pick up this plate of spaghetti and shove it in my face. And the scene where he stops him in the in the car and then just looks at him. <laughs> and then <laughs> pats him on the chest. You're like, I've been with people who... It's just awkward and weird and, like, scary. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, I think he's fantastic in it. Uh, it's only, He's not in it long, but it's fantastic... Again, Ray Liotta is one of those people who doesn't do much outside of... The things he does, yeah. Of... Was he the main guy in that one um, 
This main guy in Guy Ritchie's one, Revolver. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, Revolver he was the. Guy. He was the. He was like. He did sort of a bad in his, lieutenant. In his thing, role, didn't he? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Well, in bad that. lieutenant was good. Was yeah, and actually, in Revolver, Ray Liotta's really. It's a surprising movie that is. Revolver's really good, actually. Yeah, it is, and most people don't like it or know about it. I think it's a. I think it was a bit challenging for a lot of people because it is a bit. It's not I think this one could be challenging, tiny bit. It's very straightforward, and yet it challenges you to go. Oh, we just, we've just changed, the and the, oh, we just changed again. Yeah. And I think some people will be like, "What is this shit?" You know, but oh, this is brilliant because not many people would think it's brilliant, but people like us do. Yeah, I like uh, something that surprises me, and this really did. It surprised me that it went. Oh wow, yeah, this is. It's like some different movies. It's like different movies in within a movie that all fit together, which is the kind of movie I love. Magnolia. Pastiche. Um, so this is directed by David Cian... Derek. Don't Derek. get his name wrong. Derek Cian France. And he's worked with Ryan Gosling before. And what Ryan Gosling likes to do, I was watching an interview with him, is work with directors more than once. It's his thing. So he's worked with Nicholas Winding Refn, he did Drive, and then he did Only God Forgives, which is out soon. And then he, with this guy, he did Blue Valentine, and then this one. Which we have not seen. And what Gosling likes, he says, is you get to know a director and how to work with them, and then the second time, you just work with them. There's none of the bullshit part. So you can really get down to it, and you know what they want, and you deliver it. And I can see that. You know? I don't... I've not seen Blue Valentine. Um... It was an award-winning film. It won Sundance and stuff. Um, looks interesting. Ryan Gosling's in it. I'll watch it. Um, but you can tell that he, you know, it looks effortless to me, what he's doing, like, Gosling with him. With him. And the director, this director's really interesting. Because, um, like you say, it's, an inter- it's like a straightforward movie. There's nothing complicated about it. It's not trance. It's yeah. not trying to be clever or- or fool you or anything. Yeah, it does um, surprise you and... It's basically a cautionary tale. Right, but about straightforward. You know, you're not going to lose If you want to be really, or... really just straightforward about it, it's about how fathers affect their sons. Like, right. if you really want to be, like, 100%, like, literal, it is what you're carrying through your life and then you make a son... What you're handing off to him. That's it. That's what it's really all about. And that three generations down the road or two generations down the road, what have you done to make that person a grandson or a great-grandson, like, maybe better in the world? Or what have you done to just fuck him up? There's something something where Gosling takes his baby to eat some ice cream because he's like, I want to be... The first person to give the baby ice cream, and then whenever that kid eats some ice cream, he'll think of me, and then it's carried on with his son, like eating some ice cream outside the ice cream. Mm, It wasn't. That was with the father. That was with the stepfather. He was eating ice cream with the stepfather. Yeah, I'm saying that's his his son. Right, but he wasn't with the father. No, but I'm saying he's asking him about his father while he's eating ice cream. Oh, true. It it was exactly what he wanted. wanted. But the real thing that stuck... Was when you eat the ice cream, think of me. First time you're on the motorcycle, right? Crying and yet 
the circle comes around and that's the thing. But it, it, but yeah, in this movie, the, yeah. the sons are the absolute product of the fathers. They're, they're Either by neglect and refusal of service, <laughs> if you will, or abs- it's all absence, isn't it? Yeah. It's all a matter of absence. But they're also wanting to... They admire the fathers in a way, yet they're, you know... I don't know about that. I don't know about Bradley Cooper's son, though. Not until later when you see that weird glint in his eye. That he's like, you know... Look how much power my dad gets from being a jerk. That's pretty much the shit, isn't he? (laughs) From being a jerk. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. um, I I like the direction. I thought there was some really interesting music choices in here, too. Like, it was not like a soundtrack-y kind of, like, put songs in there music. She only comes out at night. That, yeah, and also it was a period movie, partially, Dude, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Well, except I, for his computers jacket and his the jacket. jacket. But everybody, <laughs> they all had big CRT monitors. I was like, wow, this is not. Yep. And then you're like, oh, now I get like, it. Yeah, now I get it. Yeah. And that jacket was so. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was like, what is going on? Oh. <laughs> and his hair as well. Because we're living in that time. We've lived that time, so it doesn't seem out of place, really. No. But um, so Blu ray extras here, and there are not many. But the deleted scenes on this movie... Why do you always go that way? It's ...are actually worth um, watch, watching. Yeah, yeah, I agree. In fact, they're deleted scenes where I was like... they It wouldn't hurt to have them in the movie. Oh, no, it's, it's not good. The the one with um, him going to jail is obviously very eye-opening it's, about it's his character. It's more about, yeah, that he's, he's actually... He's got it. It boils up in him a little bit. Like, don't... But then again, he's just complacent. He's just fine with, like, I, this is what I've done. So I will deal with whatever shit But there's just throwing. a few moments there when he... One, when he throws his shirt on the desk. And two, when he questions them about what... Because in a different situation, as we saw, yeah. there is no there is no filter. No. It is like, you're pissing me off, bang. <laughs> and that's it. And the other scene, which I really like from these deleted scenes... What was the other one? 80-20. That was really good. Yes, about... It's him a conversation between him and his um, compadre about how do we split money when we rob the bank. And it makes you think about the actual situation that yeah. they, were, they were actually... So, yeah, they were really good deleted scenes. Uh, there's only four of them. And then there's a making-of thing, but I wouldn't classify it as a making-of thing. It's really brief. It's pretty much one of those things you'd see on TV that's kind of just showing you that there's a movie called The Place Beyond the Pines and you should go and see it. Exactly. That's all it is. And that's it. There's a commentary as well with the director, which I will definitely listen to this week. Uh, I'm becoming a big fan of listening to commentaries. Yeah, I know. They're actually better than listening to podcasts sometimes. But don't go and listen to commentaries instead of our podcast. <laughs> um, How about if you put this podcast over the top of one of your favorite the Wizard movies? Of Oz. Then, <laughs> no, one of your favorite movies. <laughs> then it's like a commentary. Or put it over this movie. Yeah. So that you're listening to our commentary on... I was going to say drive. <laughs> it's not drive. So, in conclusion, you've got to see this movie. Oh, I wouldn't say that. If you're a I drama think... fan, you've got to see it, I think. Um, I think that if you like a movie that gives you a sort of... I don't know. I had very visceral feelings. Like, I got nervous. I, Super I felt well made. My stomach got all knotted up whenever we got to the cop part. And then I was like... A little less into it when we got to the son's part. I think the third part is the the weakest part, to be honest. It just didn't keep it didn't keep up that sense of uh-huh. menace, which is what 
keeps you going throughout. The little tiny bits of hope and the horrible menace. And then it, it's too, it's a little bit soft there at the end, even though it seems like it isn't. It, it is. Nothing, nothing like, whoa, happens. I really like the very final scene, though. I, I thought that was a yes. really good wrap up to the thing. Like it, it just, it really seemed appropriate to me, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, the the kids part was the least excite interesting part to me. But as a whole, it all makes complete. You know, it's a good package. Like I would definitely recommend it. Um, so thanks to Universal for the movie. It's out now on Blu-ray. You can go and get it. If you want to win a, some Blu-rays, you can go to Ascoli.com. We've got a uh, three contests going on at the moment you can win New World on Blu-ray King of the Streets on Blu-ray or The Guillotines on Blu-ray all three very easy contest you just go there you answer a question and then you wait to see if I pick you as the winner good luck you just pick somebody or is this a random random random.org is what I use to draw my winners very good I put all the email addresses in it and then I let it pick maybe people don't want to know you're using their email addresses I'm not using them. I just put them in a random.org sheet, and then I press randomly generate one, and it gives me one. Oh, right. It's just so I... It would be unfair if I did it. Sure. So I just randomly do it. So uh, next week's Blu-ray review is Twixt, which is Francis Ford Coppola's new movie. Um, Can't be Francis Ford Coppola. Or can you? You can. Um, Well, you know, The Godfather. He made that one. That little... little It's not... It doesn't make him perfect. Oh, he's not perfect. No. There are some really bad Francis Ford Coppola For, for example? They're so bad, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've blocked them out. But anyway, his latest movie, Twix. See, that's the thing, isn't it? Ooh, Godfather. That makes him wonderful. It doesn't make him wonderful. That's why people love Morgan Freeman so much, because they don't fucking think. It truly They don't think. Just because you loved him in Shawshank Redemption doesn't mean that he's fantastic in everything. He's Morgan Freeman, and he's good, and he's not good, and he's okay, and he's okay, and he's fair, and he's blah, and he's okay, and he's great. But he's not great! Like, definitively. Francis Ford Coppola isn't, like, the greatest director who's ever lived, just because he did The Godfather. Might so have just been lucky. So movie year, <laughs> which is the contest, uh, not contest, game that we play. Movie year. Is it a game? Yeah, I. Um, what do I win? You say the name of a movie and uh, you guess the year, so you can play along. You don't guess it. You miss the. Have you not been listening to the rules? You don't guess. You have to think about it. Yeah, it's partially a guess for me always. So uh, oh, yours, so yours. So basically, you lose every week by default because you're breaking the rules. I don't guess. So I on the, try to figure it out. On the topic of The Place Beyond the Pines, uh, another movie starring Bradley Cooper, New York, I Love You. Uh, Which year was that? Let me think, where did we watch it? That's the key, isn't it? 2007. 2009. Oh! Well, we did right. review it. It's an after the show. I'm imagining, I thought it was more closer to when we moved here. That's when I was envisioning it. But no. there's an after the show dedicated to that movie. Mm. So, what is mine for this week? It is King Kong, but hey, not Peter Jackson. Nope. 1936. <laughs> Are you guessing? You're guessing the original one. The original 1936. one. I think there was something before that in like 1919 or something. 1936. Very close, but 1933. Why do I think it's 36? I just I can see the numbers next to it in my head. <laughs> close, know. pretty close. My second favorite King Kong. 
First favorite, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Kurt Russell? Yeah. Or was it the dude? Kurt Russell, right? (laughs) I I like the uh, Peter Jackson King Kong, actually. Hmm. I don't like Naomi Watts that much, so it was really a hard sell for me. And I'm not a huge Jack Black fan. The Jack Black bit at the beginning kind of always bothers me. Yeah. It seems too cheeky. Like, it's cheeky. Yeah. You know, when you're introduced to him. Yeah, I want King Kong. So I want someone to make a King Kong. I don't, and you can remake King Kong as many times as you want. It's not one of those precious movies. I want it to be down and dirty and horrible and a giant freaking animal that can roam around and just like mercilessly, <laughs> unwittingly, you know, disrupt human stuff. But, like, re- no cheeky, no funny, no snappy, no cool, no trendy, just the real deal. Like, this movie that we just watched, but with a giant gorilla. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that kind of drama and that kind of taking it so seriously. Giant gorilla, though. Once you get a giant gorilla, it's, can't can't be fully serious. No, I'm saying you make it so that there's no denying that this creature, person, creature, animal is going to be a menace to us. And then, of course, every in every version of King Kong, it is like, well, is he the menace to us or are we the menace to him kind of thing? And I just think you, there's got to be one out there. Uh, some Do we have one already? Like a movie where it's like... Even Jurassic Park has its, like, kitschy things and it's got the, you know, the level of family friendliness. I want something like Seven... But that has giant animals that have been distorted by whatever nuclear fallout. Uh, no, no, because that's not too, played for laughs. It's was too it? kitschy. It's trendy because of the camera thing. But yeah, you're right. Um, District Nine. But then again, it's not giant animals. It's aliens. Alien. Not a funny movie at all. But it's not a giant animal. It's an alien. So movie recommendations this week. I'm going off the theme of the week's movie again. So I'm going for Lars and the Real Girl, which is the first movie I ever saw Ryan Gosling in, I think. And it's an awesome, weird, <laughs> independent movie. It's a beautiful little movie, I think. Yeah, and it's uncomfortable and not, and it's funny. It's really interesting. And it's the title kind of gives away what it's about, but it, yeah, it's really interesting. And my second one is Crash. Because I had visions of Crash when I was watching this Which movie. Which one? The one that won Oscars. The one with the multiple storylines. Okay, not the one where people are turned on Not that one, crashes. no. But that has definite comparisons to uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. It's it's a straight... You know, it's not a mind-bender in any way. But it's a linked series of stories that kind of... like It's a a dom- more of a how do people in, uh, affect other people through... How do you... Like when you... Are you a ripple in a pond? Like a domino effect. Like, yeah. dink, and then it affects all these people along this yeah. way. Um, so yeah, I have... I had definitely vis- visions of Crash. It was almost making me want to watch Crash again. Hmm. So yeah. And I was not having visions necessarily. But then again, I kind of did have this weird thing of um, the deer hunter, which is sort of... I don't know why, and I have to see it again, but I have this feeling like it's got a bit of foreboding to it. It's a very 70s, slow, methodical, but there's a sense of, it takes like, place in a pine-type environment at the beginning. Oh, I don't even get the pine part of this movie, but... Well, the... No. <laughs> but that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm talking about, like, the sense of 
nothing good is going to come of anything <laughs> that's happening. Like, there's no goodness coming from any of this. Ha ha ha, da 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 da, war. Uh, uh, you know, like, um, what are they called? Prisoners of war. And then, like, the effects of being a prisoner of war. There's nothing, there's nothing cheery going to happen there. There's no happy ending, you people. I'm not going to find a happy ending. And I actually really like movies that tell that story. And then my other one is Unforgiven. Because Clint Eastwood's character, when we meet him, two little kids living on a farm, the wife is dead, and you're like, oh, poor guy. You know, it's hard times. It's turn of the century, I'm assuming. Post-slavery, but not quite, you know, far enough away from it, clearly, for the racism to be gone. Directed by Clint Eastwood also. Right. And you find in his one line, of course, that I I think is a classic, that when the kid says, you know... Does he have it coming? And he said, you know, we all have it coming, kid. And I just think when you see movies like this one with these all these characters, the Gosling character, the Bradley guy, the Rio, Ray Liotta people, the sons, there is a sense of, and I'm not trying to be sexist, but the, it is portrayed that the men are all the ones that are pretty much screwed up and the women are the ones trying to kind of hold things together. I mean, that's just the way it's written. I don't think I'm reading anything into that. There's no cracks in the women's things at all. They're pretty... They're not peripheral because they're pivotal to what these people want, but still. But um, Unforgiven kind of highlights that, like, okay, I've done some really bad things and chances are something really bad's going to happen to me because of it. And that's karma or fate or whatever you want to call it. And I think that just kept popping into my mind. So, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. How long has it been since you've seen Unforgiven? uh, Probably when it came out. Really? Yeah. It is a bit dated, and because at the time they were making a few westerns. I really like the other western. Silverado? No. Open Range. That was more recent. That was way recent. Well, that was, that was not even recent. That was like maybe ten years ago. Maybe a bit more. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think you're wrong. I think it was 2000. That's my guess. Mm. Unforgiven was like early 90s or late 80s. I think. Maybe early 90s, I don't know. You know, do you remember when we were talking of westerns? Did you like The Quick and the Dead, Sam Raimi's western? No. Um, I was watching an interview with... Like little elements of it, but overall I didn't. I watched an interview with Bruce Campbell, and he said that Raimi's car is actually in The Quick and the Dead. They took it apart and put pieces of it in, in something, because he was like, how do we put a car in a western? 1992. They took pieces of it apart. Right. Put it in the movie. Yeah, I didn't like it. I tried to It's like really it. trendy. I like, wanted to like, yeah. Trying very. to be cool. I mean, but it, you might like it better if you watched it now. I don't know. If you know with Raimi's kind of other stuff in your head. So, uh, Games and A. Scully stuff. Um, 2003. You were right. 10 years ago. Open range. I thought it was at least... Yeah, I, that was really good to me. Uh, very good. One of my favorite westerns. Who was it? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood? He did, wasn't in Open Range. Did he direct it? I don't think so. It was Robert... What's his face? I thought Clint Eastwood had something to do with Open Range. It's right there. Robert Duvall. Yeah. And was it Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner, yeah. Directed by Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner is who I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, I, that's actually one of my favourite westerns, though, Open It Range. was really good. Django Unchained is a really good western, too. <laughs> of course. Um, Very different. Yeah, so games and A-Scully stuff. Um, I've been playing Nino Kuni, which you have actually seen a bit of. 
I talked about it a little bit last week. Tiny bit. Tiny, tiny bit. Yeah, and I don't play RPG games very much. I find them, like, tedious. Like, leveling the characters up. I found it a bit tedious just to watch it. That's why I only watched it for about two minutes. Yeah, but this one is not tedious in the slightest. That was what I was getting at. Um, What you could say about it is, because it's by Studio Ghibli, who do those Disney-esque cartoons in Japan. Um... So the animations by them, and it looks gorgeous. It, it looks like you're playing like an anime. I mean, it's it's gorgeous to look at. If you had a criticism of it, if I had a criticism of it as like a forty-four-year-old gamer, it's very childish the plot. But I understand why because of who made it and what they're aiming at. But it contradicts the gameplay, which is quite difficult. The gameplay is quite hardcore RPG. You have to be an RPG person to understand how to progress. you got to, oh, hold on. I can't really go past it because I'm not powerful enough. I have to spend an hour in this field killing this stuff to get my level up. Now, anybody who's not used to RPGs would never get that and probably quit with this game and go, it's too hard, I keep dying all the time. So it's got this, like, weird kind of feels like a kid's game but then a kid would never get through this game it's too hard for them but the production values what happens in the first hour I told you about really resonated with me it was it's difficult it's it made me want to be the kid and go on and do what I have to do you know and I think I will I think I don't really generally finish RPGs but this one I feel like I'm going to get through it you know uh, it's only $20 on Amazon, still $20 on Amazon. They're out of stock at the moment, but you uh, need to, you know, I mean, you can order one. It's out of stock. But once you've ordered it, they will send it to you. But I think it says, like, you have to wait three weeks. But they'll still take an order and sell it you for $20. Of course. But that's fine. Ah, but if you uh, need your money back, it's not get, they won't take. They won't give your money back. You'll get your twenty dollars back. Yeah, but that. But what's fine about it is. I mean, saying they make you wait like time. When you oh, Amazon don't straight away as soon as you cancel the order. I've never returned anything. No, returning things. Yeah, they're pretty quick. Like you, you they, so the day they get it back, you get your money back. Um, they are really quick. Amazon, I praise them for everything they do. Really, <laughs> they've never really messed an order up. Um, no, they're really good. Um. So yeah, it's only twenty dollars. You just have to wait I don't a while think to they get. They ever it. have, and we've ordered a lot of stuff from them. Yeah, from Amazon. I order like, my CDs from the. You know, I order regular things. You every do year too, I but... order some. Uh, Christmas is my thing. I probably order maybe ten things from there every year. Plus, I get the recurring order of tea bags. Yeah, I have a recurring order of um, blank CDs that when I'm out, they kind of send them, and they come, and it's. Yeah, you just set it on a schedule. Yeah. Why are we talking about Amazon? Just they're pretty good. <laughs> I buy most. Maybe Amazon made a game we could play. <laughs> I buy games from Amazon because they deliver them on release day and if you've got Prime, which I have, they um, always get there on release day. No, no, If it comes out on a Tuesday, it arrives on Tuesday. You don't have to go to the store and pick it up. There's no tax on it. Yeah, better. that'll change. Eventually. Yeah. Um, I don't mind paying taxes. I don't know why people bitch about it. I mean, seriously. Why do you bitch about paying sales tax? I don't know, I'm I guess people talking, got used to it not being applicable I don't mean that. Why does anyone like, complain about sales tax? It's just part of life in a country where that's what it is. You pay your sales tax and you shut up. It's see, like, we, don't, we don't have it in England, so it's weird for me. Like, 
in England, we don't have sales tax, right? Yeah, but all you gotta do is just think, it's just part of the price. It's not anything extra. It is, but then it should be written on the label, I think. It should be like... Yeah, but you just know it. The, yeah, but I don't. Uh, I mean, I do now. I do now know, oh, I'm, that, that game isn't... Yeah, actually. but it's not like you go up to buy a $3 item and the tax is $7. You go and buy a $3 item and the tax is $0.03. Cents. It's like, or, you know, $0.17. It adds two cents. or three... Well, yeah. Like, say, that I bought a game today... Um, that is thirty nine ninety nine, and it's usually like forty three dollars or forty two something. So yeah, you've got to add that little bit on, haven't you? Every time in England, if it says it's ninety nine cents pe- pence, that's how much it is. Like there is no hidden charge. You go to it's, it's not written. hidden. Well, it's not hidden here, but it's not wrote anywhere. You just have to work it out yourself, right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think people do. You don't work it out. You just know. If you buy something that's four ninety nine, it's definitely fine. a little. At first, it was a little bit awkward for me when I looked at something and they said, you know, especially higher priced items where it is actually a, a quite a sizable chunk of money. Like when you buy a big TV, and it says on Best Buy site one thousand four hundred dollars. Well, the the ta- the tax on that's what three hundred. No, I don't know. Two hundred dollars. It's only six cents per dollar. It, it's a big chunk though. You and you go wow. Once you add the tax on that, it's actually eighty dollars. And the delivery or, or the warranty. When you've added those things, it bumps it up quite a bit on a big item. On small items, I guess you don't notice. Mm. When, when you buy like a twenty cents can of beans, it doesn't factor into exactly. It. And the sales tax pays for stuff where you live. I don't. I mean, I understand there's lots of bureaucracy and lots of waste in government. I'm not arguing that, but I mean. Okay, everybody, stop paying sales tax. Well, guess what? No longer are you going to get your roads fixed or your bridge fixed or your school paid for or your police paid for or other things that might be contributed to. And when I say there's no sales tax in England, we there is no sales tax on items. But when you when you just said, well, how does your roads get fixed and stuff? Well, you pay council tax, which is a tax that you go and pay to your local council every month. And if you don't pay it, you will get arrested and take to, to take to jail. I mean, it's and not, how much is? Uh, it depends where you live, and it depends how much you earn. People who earn more pay more. People who earn less pay less. And um, where you live, your area has a certain. If it's a scummy area, it will be less than. Right, a so high it's exactly end. the same thing. Yeah. It's just that if I spend my council money, tax was about a hundred pound every three months. Okay. So it, thirty-three dollars I mean, a month. Three yeah. three pounds a month, and if you would add, add up how much sales tax I spend on food, for example, which is six cents on the dollar, and if you spend ten dollars a day or twelve dollars a day, and you can add that up, I don't know how much difference there's going to be. It only depends on how much you buy. If I spend seven hundred dollars on groceries every week, I'm going to pay more sales tax. Right. If I spend thirty dollars, I spend less. So it's almost like you get to choose how much, how little, or how much you spend. But I think council tax. I just said. It was £100 for three months. I think it's a lot more than that now because they've steadily been increasing and increasing and people get pissed off. And, and you don't get a choice. If they say all the sudden, no choice. it's $400 every three months, that's, all, that's, that's it. Yeah. Here, most of the time, you get to vote. If right. they say, we're going to raise sales tax in Jefferson City by a half a penny for the local to build a new high school, and then people vote and say, nope, and then they did say no. And so you don't get it. That's it. Yeah, no choice in England. What happens every year... The budget occurs, which is takes place in the Houses of Parliament. And then at 9 o'clock on television, 
the budget announcement comes on. A guy comes on with this briefcase. You might have seen that famous red briefcase. He opens the briefcase. He's the Chancellor of the Exchequer. He opens the briefcase and he says, Hello, everybody. This is what is going to happen. Your beer is five pence more a pint. Your cigarettes... countrywide. Countrywide. There's no, like, counties or it's like... No. Everybody. Why? And see, that can't happen here. Your cigarettes have now are now a pound more. Um, your council tax is now this amount more. And he comes on and says that, and you just have to go, oh, okay. There's no... But a lot of people say, fuck off. I'm a lot of people say, it. fuck off. And then they're so adamant that they'll get it. You saw the TV licensing people. Yeah. They're so adamant they will... That's another tax. Take you to court. That's another tax. Yeah. That you all have to pay. For a television. But not for television. For one channel. Right. For BBC. It's weird. It's like... it's all, it, They say it's like... I mean... We're ruled by a queen and all that, and the Houses of Parliament. But British system is quite like you're being poked. Like Sheriff it. of Nottingham. <laughs> Coming around, taking your money all the time, and you're just supposed to blindly hand it's it over. It's quite like that. It's not... It's, Rise you, up, England! You don't seem to have a say as much as, like, here, things don't happen unless... Not always. Sometimes, but not always, yeah. Yeah. So, um... I've also been playing a game called Dragon's Crown on the Vita, and I've literally played... Two minutes? Maybe 15 minutes. Seems really good so far. It's like a... However long it took us to come out of the store... And I sat on the couch and played it. put it in the thing, and we drove home while you played, and then you came up and played a few minutes. Right, and uh, it's a side-scrolling, like old-school... Think, if you're a video gamer, think of the game Golden Axe. From the Sega Mega Drive. It is like that, but very modern version of that. Like, with superb graphics. Loot, instead of it just being... Like, there's lots of loot. Like, everything that drops is something better than you previously got, or worse, that you can sell and get something better. It's got this whole loot system. So think that with Golden Axe. And it's got boobies in it. And that's its controversy. Charming. Um, that a lot of the women in it I've got giant, massive butts and boobs. So that's why it kind of hit the headlines this week. But underneath all that, there's this excellent game that I knew I was going to have a ball with as soon as I saw footage from it. Not because of the boobies, but because of the... No, not, not at all. Because of the boobies. Or the big butt. I like big butts and I can't But yeah, it's, it's Dragon's Crown. It's out on the Vita. It's also out on the PlayStation 3. PlayStation 3 version's $10 more for exactly the same game. The Vita version's $10 less. I don't know why that is, and I don't know why you don't get both when you buy one. But this doesn't so apply to this So they can make game. more money? Yeah, but they've been doing this thing recently with PS3 where you get the Vita version right. if you buy the PS3. And this one makes them more You have to buy both. Um, it's your tax for playing the video game. Yeah, also this week what happened is they announced the 12th Doctor Who. Um, they did this big unveiling thing on BBC, which I watched... Um, and it is Peter Capaldi. Now, if you're not familiar with him... and Why, I, do, why do you care? Because I love Doctor Who. <laughs> and a new Doctor <laughs> is exciting to me. And it is. There's an older, it's an, he's an older guy this time, which I think is long overdue. Fantastic, I think. Yeah. I'm excited. And I watched... Um, do you know the two guys from Peep Show that I really love? There's a TV show called Peep Show. If you've not seen it, it's on Netflix. It's really funny. English TV show. They did a movie called Magicians that I watched with them both in it. And Peter Capaldi's in that movie. And he plays this, like... It's 
You know Burt Wonderstone that we watched? Yeah. It's like the English version of that. They're these two magicians and they rival in. One of them's kind of like a mind freak and one of them's not. It's almost... And Peter Capaldi's one of the judges who judges this magician contest. And he's very... He swears all the time and he's very, like... Like a crotchety old man in that. And that's... That's all I really have seen him in, and he was excellent in that movie. He was in Doctor Who episode. He was in Doctor Who episode, and he was also in Torchwood, actually. The um, the day one what was the mm-hmm. he was in that one. He was the bad guy in that. The whole you know that big tank in the middle of that room, like a big fish tank almost. He was that guy in that room. No, I don't remember. It's been, it's been a while. Chill. What was it called? Something of men. No, Miracle Day. That one. No, Miracle Day is when nobody could die. Miracle Day is the one. No, that the one with the in. tank was on where you controlled all the children. Yeah, that's that that one. No, that's a different one. No, I'm saying the one with the children. Oh, yeah. is the one where he was in. It. That's not Miracle. And he was in all five episodes of that. So, hmm. yes, we have seen him before, and those are both Doctor Who related um, shows. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad it's a older Doctor. Um, I really liked. When they said, and introducing, and he came out, and he was holding his lapels, just like the original Doctor, like he, you know, he obviously has some, and when they interviewed him, he, he's watched Doctor Who all well, his yeah. life. So, I'm excited to see what they do with him. He will appear in the Christmas show, and then next year there'll be a whole season with him. Are the people in England who are just like, oh my god, Doctor Who is so lame. Like, you know. There's a bit of both. There's people who adore it, because they've watched it since they were little boys, and then there's people who are like, Ugh. And there's a lot of people who are like, the new Doctor Who is crap. The old ones. And there are people who are like, the new Doctor Who is so hot and sexy, and now why do we have an old Doctor Who? I did hear that a lot this week. It's so stupid. Matt Smith's so sexy. How can we get behind this old guy? Well, if you only watch it to, like, drool. And guess what? Nobody gives a shit. What do you think, (laughs) or if you're going to watch it? Nobody cares. So uh, it's BBC. They don't need your viewership. So toddle on with your own little... So we now have a new Doctor Who. And lastly, I wanted well, to we mention... we don't have a new one yet. I wanted to mention that Netflix has profiles now. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. So I can have my own... Um, what do you call it? Instant queue. And you have your own instant queue. And never we are the Netflix two shall meet. fans here. We love Amazon. We love Netflix. This is a bandwagon I have actually jumped on. But you know what? They were slow-moving bandwagons. Uh, so I was able to... I absolutely love Netflix and being able to go into my queue. And I don't mind, you don't have lots of stuff that you put on your instant queue. But when I'm going through on certain devices, like on my tablet, you only get like four things you can see at a time. So scrolling through the whole thing, I want, I'd see I'd like put them on and skateboarding them and Dead Mouse and things that are fine, but I was never going to watch them. And I'm sure because you would have to scroll through all of my stuff. And then also, you're watching X Files. I might want to watch X Files separately. We're not watching it together. And your progress... Yeah, it gets messed up. Yeah, so I, if I start on an episode and I'm halfway through, but then I go to click it, and it's yours, then I might end up on... And you just hit play. And then it's like episode number 10, and you're, you know... So now, so. if you have a Netflix account, you get five profiles. Um, that is fantastic. And you can... You, your kids, even. If you've got a 12-year-old and a 5-year-old, and the 12-year-old's like, that's so stupid, that's so lame. The 12-year-old gets their own... Yeah, if you've got a little girl and a little boy, and the little girl puts all the little girl shows on, and the little boy... Don't be sexist. Well, I'm just saying, you can have one each, and then you don't have the recommendations messed up, because little girl loves little girl shows. What's a little girl show? What if a little boy... My Little Pony. Let's say something like that. I thought grown men love My Little Pony. (laughs) We'll say 
like what I'm saying is, say little girl. girl likes Hannah Montana, My Little Pony, etc. Wizards of Waverly Place. Little boy doesn't. He likes Transformers, GI Joe. If they had the same account, the recommendations that come in are for both of those shows. So you get. I'm all... just saying. Let's not perpetuate the blur girl thing. Let's say older, younger, at least. I'm just saying. Right. It seems a little. And you like a lot of stuff, and be- if we were just using the same account, which we were, all the recommendations were for you. Not See, I don't me. care about recommendations, and I use them all the time. I never use them. I like to pick what, my own. What I really, well, I do, but what I really like about the recommendations is I like that movie Magicians with Mitchell and Webb from Peep Show. It, it'll go well. You know that woman that's in Peep Show, who you probably don't really know her name, but maybe you like her because you watch Peep Show. Well, there's a movie with her in it. And I follow that. I see. I don't follow the trail at all. I think right. of something I want, or I like to search through it all. And I don't. I just want to watch something. So that's why I don't put much on my instant queue either. I just like, I t- I put it on and take it off when I've watched it. You know, like a. I do too, unless it's something I'm going. And I know I'm going to want to watch all the Star Trek movies, so I have them all on there. So when the time comes. So the recommendations is excellent for me. I really like it because I've found things like I watched uh, Dead Mouse's concert. And it was like, do you realize there's all these um, rave concerts on Netflix? Here's a bunch of them. I added them to my queue and ended up watching them all. So I like, because I, I don't go through everything, so I wouldn't. And what problem did we run into the other day? I've watched so many documentaries on Netflix that when it does have recommendations, I'm like, seen it, seen it, yeah. seen it, seen it. Watched five minutes, didn't like it. Watched ten minutes, didn't like it. Seen it, seen it, seen it. <laughs> so that's uh, all my stuff for this week. Sid Talk, what's for dinner tonight? Tonight, we're having Gardein. I don't actually know how to pronounce it. I should have looked it up. But it is a like a vegan vegetable, quote-unquote, meat food. It is like... Textured something. Um, vegetable protein, I guess. Well, it's just vegetables straight up, but That's it's made into really. like these like really nice, chewy, beefy, if you will, kind of hunks of deliciousness. And because we don't eat meat, we're not vegan, but we don't eat meat, so we're having that mixed in with some zucchini and tomato, and then that's one thing. That's like, I think that's called a ragu. I was trying to figure out what you call it, because that's on the side, but it's like tomato-y. Ragu is a tomato-y sauce of some kind, isn't it? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. And then the other thing is pasta made with like a mushroom, creamy mushroom and red pepper, gravy stuff, saucy stuff all over (laughs) Sounds delicious. That's what we're having. And what's your advice? What is my advice? I forgot. I can see it. What the hell did I say? Oh, yeah. My advice is, be honest. Like, be who you are with your boss or your... Anyone that is you is perceived as being higher up some kind of ladder at your job. I don't see people that way but I understand the structure there's an organizational chart I am here and almost everyone else is <laughs> up here and when I come across I mean my manager personally is like I just have the utmost respect for him and I have never been anything I mean I'm just I have a hard time not being myself with people anyway I don't know if you've noticed but I don't really do the thing where I'm one way with you and then I'm different with my mother, and then I'm different with my friends. I might discuss different things with different people because it's appropriate, but I don't I don't tighten up when I'm around my boss person or my manager person, and I don't bullshit them. Like, my boss asked me the other day, or my manager asked me the other day about a situation, an email. We get 
I work in a data center. We get email alerts on the over 3,000 servers that we monitor for the state. And a lot of it is drive space. This drive is filling up and this partition is filling up and blah, blah, blah. And then you have to like let the, the techs know who are responsible for that. Now, there was one that I, he came in and said, he said, I sent you a note about this one drive and we were wondering, uh, nobody got called on it. Did you, did you see it or did you just not notice it? And I said, I, I don't remember what you're saying. He goes, well, forward it to you. So he forwarded it to me. I'm looking at it straight at it. And I said, to be very honest with you, I uh, have no recollection of it. I would say I probably just deleted it and didn't even think about it. That's just... That's, I said, that's probably not the answer you want. And he's like, well, I just want to make sure that, you know, our process in place and that you weren't maybe misunderstanding the procedure. I said, nope, none of that. I said, I probably just, as it came in and I was doing stuff and I went delete and that was it. <laughs> I said, was there any impact from this? Well, and he gets real quiet. He's a very meek kind of person. Lovely man. I really like him. Well, I think, he goes, go ahead and look at that email I sent you. And as I scroll through, there's a little conversation. And yes, there was an impact and blah, blah, blah. Someone had to add space to it or whatever, you know. I mean, the lives were lost or anything. But in the IT world, impact means somebody had to do something. I'm not saying I shouldn't have made that mistake. I'm just saying, and that's how I talk to him. Or he'll come in and say something, like he'll ask me if I'll do something. And he's always very polite. And I'll say, hmm. No, I don't think so. Maybe in five minutes, and he'll be like, okay. And then, you know, one would think, well, yeah, you've figured him out after 13 years. You've kind of sussed him out. And so with someone else of a different kind of authority, someone up above him, quote-unquote, so to speak, you would be different. Nope. Last night, his boss of bosses was at our meeting talking to us all, was saying stuff, and he started... I had asked him a question, and he started saying something, and I said, but... But going back to the whatever, and he looked at me straight in the face, and he goes, I'm getting around to it. I'm very verbose. And I yeah. said, you're getting no kidding. You know, I'm like, but what I was asking was, you know, and I just think, if you aren't who you are with someone who's, in, you know, I mean, maybe you think less of yourself because you don't want to show this person who's an authority over you maybe who you are. I have no problem with that because if they see me as... If someone might think, well, then you will never move up because if you show them who you really are and you're totally honest, they're never going to recommend you to move up or they're not going to want you on their team or whatever. Well, that's like selling yourself short. Why not? What's wrong with you? If they see in me that I'm too bold or too, not bold, but like a little bit untamed, you know, I don't follow the dress code and I don't always do what I'm told and... I have my own thing. I kind of make... I like my job a lot, so I kind of make my own little nest when I'm there and all that kind of stuff. I don't take any shit off anybody. I say what I want. If that then in their eyes makes me not appropriate for, like, say there's a position that's open and then they go, well, who would we possibly pick from this pool? Well, definitely not her because this, this, and this. I'd be like, well, it's fine. That's fair. Because that is... If those are weaknesses in your eyes... For that position, then you've you've made the right decision. If you're basing your decision on a lie, like if I tense up every time and I use different language and I portray myself as something that I am not, if I were to know that the boss man was coming to the meeting, so I dressed up on that day, and then I instead of 
interrupting him in the middle of a sentence to actually get what I want out of him. I just sit there politely with my hands crossed and smile and listen and nod like it would. And that's not me. Then he's he's buying into something that's not real. And later, if he does, you know, if I am in a situation where I need to be in a team or on a group or in a, in a different kind of discussion and all of a sudden I'm myself. And he's going, but that's not the person that I saw back, you know, all this other time. You weren't, this wasn't you. And you're like, oh, this is me, man. This, you get, you know, too bad for you. You didn't see past my facade or whatever. I just think, depending on the boss person, and they could be a real tool. I don't deny that some people in higher up positions, particularly in government and probably corporate world, can be tricky to work around. But if you don't at least show everybody who you are, then you're lying to everyone. And I think that's what makes people miserable at work a lot of times. It's like they have to put on this, like, they're walking in the door and it's like, okay, here we go. I'm putting on my this for this day, for the next eight hours. Some people, I get it, you know. I have a friend who works in banking. And I understand completely that there can be, it's almost like, okay, this is not, I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but in Star Trek, as I'm watching now, Kirk, of course, has a few episodes where it challenges the idea of, I'm the captain of the ship, I have to be perfect, I can't show weakness. If I show weakness, then, you know, the crew doesn't respect me, and we can't get anything done, and we have to have this, I have to put on this face of perfection at all times. I can never be less than that. I get that. That's how the captain of any ship has to work. Yeah, I haven't watched, he's, I haven't he's watched the, shows of every ship. Though. No, I don't mean shows. I mean... Absolutely. A person lead. in authority yeah. in a situation. Um, and yet, as my brother taught me a long time ago, there's always a bigger fish. There's a trumpet time yeah. that time. There's always a bigger fish. So, like, you're never a top dog. You know, our president even has to answer to somebody. Like, it's just the way it is. But I understand to a degree that there has to be a bit of pretense the way you project maybe not who you really are but what they other people expect of you it's unfortunate i don't think you can undo some of those but if it's just like my job where i'm just like i'm a cog in a machine which is fine with me because i'm very proud of that machine for what it is um on a certain level then i have no i have nothing to hide you know and i don't want to lie to my boss Man, my manager. I don't see him as my boss. When you work in government, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of bosses. It's just because you're a cog in a machine, you know, and some cogs are bigger than others. Um, I guess the big cogs could crush you into submission, but I don't let that happen. So I, my advice is try to be... Honest. I don't, I don't mean, yeah, and I don't mean like let down your guard, like tell somebody your whole life story and that your your sex life is this and your whatever is that and... All, ever, all your past discretions. I mean, just like, ugh, you know, if somebody says something to you and you have a joke that comes up in your mind, if it's appropriate for the workplace or a comment, but in that instant you think, oh, no, no, I better not because they might think I'm something or other. Just say it. Like, don't be weird or inappropriate. It's a workplace after all. Um, I still work in a strip club. It's got its own appropriate set of rules, but... I say most people's jokes don't say them. Don't actually say them. Why? Most people's jokes I don't mean a joke. I mean, like, like that. Like, my manager coming in and saying, hey, can you go ahead and, like, read, uh, proofread this thing and um, 
email me when you get it done. And for you to, in my mind, I want to tease him a little bit or say something like, or I might be in the middle of something and I'll turn to him very slowly and look over my glasses and say, I am busy at the moment, but I will be happy to get to you when I can, you know? And then I'm just like, oh, no, that's why I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, like just ever so slightly, not disrespectfully. And over time, he knows me, you know, in, in the first year or so, it wasn't, it was a little tricky. But now, he gets it. So I think, try to be yourself. At least be, you know, if they ask you a question, give them an honest answer. Because if later they check you out and you lied about something or you bullshitted them just so they'd think better of you, they're going to catch you out on it. No doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah, I hear the trumpet now. It's trumpet time. <laughs> yeah, we have a, somebody outside practicing the trumpet. <laughs> yeah. And even when it's dark like it is now, it's it. still outside. So, I want to remind you of our website, sayschoolie.com, sid.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, PlayStation Network. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. Email feedback to me, aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk, she really does not want it. And don't be yourself when you email either. And, I mean, do be yourself if you email her. But just don't email her. <laughs> And stay classy, Mr. Ryan Gosling and Bradley Cooper. Both fantastic in this movie. And DJ French, or whatever his name is. <laughs> What's his name? The director? See you, friends. He's not my friend. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourselves. Because if you don't do it, someone's doing it for you.